It's bonus part a two zero six. Bingaling, you enter the sweet shop. Creamy dreamies, it's called on the front in big swirly letters, but dimmed tonight because, uh, well, it's, it's it's been abandoned for a few weeks now. You've uh, you've driven past this place a few times and you've been thinking, hmm, it seems abandoned. It'd make a perfect spot for my new baby baby hairdresser business um i will call it baby fluff and we'll just we'll only cut the hair of babies give babies good haircuts and perms and dyes will dye baby's hairs that 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 craze is coming you've been saying to all your friends and relatives that craze is coming. You're not going to be laughing in a couple of years when dyed baby hair is all the rage and my chain of baby barbers, baby hairdressers is is bigger than Pret, okay? I'll be laughing then, you told them. I'll be laughing then. And you think, oh, I'll, I'll try and buy this place in because it doesn't seem to be in use. You've called a few times but no one picks up. So this this evening you thought, I'll just, I'll just drop in to, this, to Creamy Dreams. See if the owners are about and, and make an offer. But it doesn't look like they're around right now, although the door was unlocked. It's dark. The only light in the room is emanating from the ice cream cabinets that are sort of humming and glowing. The the mist of the cold mist is tumbling out of them, so they seem to be on. And you walk up to one ice cream cabinet and you look at the ice creams. And then <clears throat> And you see there all the classics are there. So strawberry, vanilla, the, the um, chocolate, raspberry ripple, rum and raisin. They've all got a bunch of scoop marks in them, you know. And then you come across, and then you see, wait, what's that? It's another flavor, and it's just called pod bud. Hmm. And it's, it's pristine. There, has, there isn't a single scoop taken out of it. It's that fresh tub of ice cream look that smooth top surface and there's a sort of brown reddish brown color maroon like a red rust i guess a rusty color you go pod but that's my name what hmm, that's weird and you look around the other sweets it's mostly deserted most of the racks are, are empty but there's still some sweets left there's chocolate bars and space um what they called the sp- um sp- uh, spaceship things, uh, um, and and candy canes and candy canes different flavors, apple, uh, mint, and then podbud. What? And hmm, you look around and you, God, you gotta find out what podbud tastes like. You pick podbud off the wall and you unwrap it. Uh, come on. <laughs> and you go, what's that? Where'd that moan come from? Hmm. Must be a rat. And you sniff. You sniff the pod back in again. You, oh, God, that doesn't smell very good. And you give it a lick. Oh, that doesn't taste good at all. It's kind of salty. It tastes of iron. Oh, what is that? And, and then you hear a voice go, can we help you? And you turn around and it's Phil and Pierre. 
dressed in sailor sailor boy outfits, licking big lollipops. And you say, "Oh yes, I'll just well, you you haven't been open for a while, and I I need a new place for my." And then Pierre goes, "Baby hairdressers," and you go, "Baby hair, yes." How did you know about my plan? And then I go to have a chain of baby barbers bigger than Pret, and you go, <laughs> "Yes." How did you? And we both take a big lick at the same time of our lollipops. <laughs> And and we go, oh, we know a lot about you, Podbud. We like you, Podbud. We like the way you taste. And you go, you li- sorry, what? You like the way I taste? And then I correct myself and go, um, sorry, we like your taste. You have good taste. Come, why don't we show you the ins and outs of the sweets business? And you go, oh, I don't want to know about the sweets business. I just want to turn this place into a baby bar. Come, I say. And... You walk with us behind into the back room and you become aware of a loud humming noise. And you have to cover your ears. You go, what's that? And I go, oh, that's where we get our ingredients for our favorite flavor. And we both take a big lick of our lollipops. And you look over this rail that we've led you to, and you look down, and it's this big Nasher, big grinder machine. You go, oh my god. Ingredient, what flavor do you need that for? And Pierre says, Pod Bud. And we huh, we shove you into the grinders. You're torn to shreds and goop. And then I say, that'll make a lovely Pavlova. Welcome to Bonus Pod. <laughs> oh, what an adventure. Yeah, yeah. I good. mean, the clues were in there the whole time. It, it reminded me of Goosebumps. Yes, it was very Goosebumps. It was very like... Um, when we were growing up, we had a book series called True Singaporean Ghost Stories. And I think oh. they did True Malaysian Ghost Stories as well. But they were just ghost stories, I think, the author had come across and compiled. There's no way they were true, Pierre. But they, they would be kind of like that. Oh, and really? they'd end with the protagonist being killed. And then I'd finish the story and go, wait, if the protagonist is killed, how do we have this story? Because <laughs> this is meant to be true. Who told the story of the protagonist? Though? How are we supposed to know this? Yeah. But yeah, that was a bit goosebumpy. I don't think I ever read Goosebump. I was too, I was too scared as a child. Um, there, I, there was. I don't know if it's still online. It was on Cracked.com before Cracked.com was was shit or deleted or whatever happened to it. And it was a parody, a Goosebumps parody that made me cry laughing because it was just about how much like it's just sort of obsessed with like masks and fairgrounds. Like inevitably, hmm. there's a fairground and it's haunted, or there's an old guy selling creepy masks and the mask is haunted, or there's a guy selling masks at a fairground, <laughs> or if you put on and a the mask, guy's haunted. Yeah, the guy's haunted, or you put on a mask and it takes you to a fairground. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only so many sort of Ray Bradbury-style tropes you can you can use. Yeah. Um, also, I'm always interested in the fact that like all the spookiest stuff in America happens in like New England, mm-hmm. with like press board, there's like clapperboard houses. 
Right, because I guess it's the oldest part of the country, right? The, east, the eastern seaboard. Yeah, but you'd think there could be some ghostly shit happening in like New Mexico, Albuquerque or something, but I guess not. Yeah. They just go, no, this is the bit from the 1600s settlements, so just this now. Yeah, I mean, if you're not... I mean, if it's a fucked up history you need, surely the like the South could have like some really <laughs> yeah. fucking twisted. The South goes. The South should be the one of the most haunted places in the fucking world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I I like that, and I liked. Um, I do like seeing the pristine ice cream. Yeah, that's satisfying. Mm. Oh, it looks good. Like a raspberry ripple, a fresh tub yeah. of raspberry ripple. Just oh, it's like it's like it's like freshly fallen snow that untouched yes yes untouched what's your flavor what's your ice cream flavor when i was a boy when i was a lad i would be ordering at every given opportunity vivid blue bubblegum flavor ice cream wow really it tasted like chemicals and bubblegum. Well, yes, because when we when we were in South Africa, you introduced me to the South African soda pop. What was it called? Oh, cream soda, the green cream one. Cream soda, and it was green. Glow in the dark fucking green, yeah. Yeah, like Simpsons uh, control rod green. Absolutely, yeah. Exactly so. Yeah. Um, and I introduced you to a lime-flavored milkshake from... Um, yes. Pastelish. I can't remember that. Uh, Wimpy. That was nice. Yeah. I, I, as a, uh, that was as a boy. Now I, I feel a lot of pressure. There's so many options that I feel like if I go for chocolate and vanilla, I feel like a, yeah, a, you, a, a dickhead. Yeah. You're wasting an opportunity. I'm going to a top secret sex dungeon to have a missionary sex with the lights off. You could be having sea salt cam- <laughs> kombucha flavor. I could be um, having rum and raisin and che- dark sour cherry. They've got all these adjectives in front mm. of things. You know? I like that amarino. That's my shit. That's I fuck with that. I fuck with that amarino. Mm. I like that cherry or raspberry ripple. Basically anything that's like a berry rippled into vanilla. Yeah, I fuck with that. That's that, my shit. I love it. <laughs> it's the I only. It. It's the only successful meeting of citrus and dairy because it's you not will, citrus well except like fruit like sour like you could have okay. a sorbet of it whereas like you can't right. have you can't have a chocolate sorbet but i think it's dumb what i, I mean about is to ask what if, is your position on sorbets if you're getting two scoops of ice cream you're going to regret getting chocolate and mango oh you see what i mean yeah you need I to think pick I've a learned lane. from getting burnt enough times not to mix the ice cream and the sorbet, actually. Yeah, but even if it's mango ice cream, I think you'll regret it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you probably want a chocolate and like a butterscotch. Or sure. a caramel. Or a uh, dolce. What's the, what's it like? A sweet milk one? What's it called? Dolce leche, dolce, dolce, leche. Leche, dolce. But this is what I mean. This is what I mean. You can't be mixing. If you're picking fruit time you got to stick with fruit time. The exception TikTok, being raspberry whistle. Time. Yeah. Right. The exception being raspberry ripple or the chocolate, uh, the, the cherry one, where it's like, no, 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 this actually kind of works together. Now, here's, um, this is my spicy take. Okay. Maybe chocolate is the problem, not the fruit. Because I think vanilla, vanilla goes 
fine with all these things. Chocolate is the problem. Anything that's not vanilla is the problem because it's more and more like stuff from like a... In my head, I think of them as the more savory dairy-based desserts. They're creamy, <laughs> there's caramel happening. Right, okay. Bread yeah. is involved. And then there's the kind of fruit-based fun time. The sorbets, yes. Yes. the compotes. And then chocolate sits on its own, as its mm. own category. A mighty leader, separate from the herd. It's very much like Pokemon. Like, this one's a water-based Pokemon. This is a fire-based Pokemon. Yeah. You have your fruit-based ice cream, you have your milk-based ice cream, and then you have chocolate on its own. <laughs> I would love to see you holding an umbrella, leading a big crowd of tourists into one of the... Um, uh, ice cream places in Leicester Square and immediately start shouting, it's like Pokemon, okay? You've got your your dairy ice cream and you're poking at the glass shield with the tip of the umbrella. I've just realized another for the chocolate family is coffee. Mm-hmm. So what we're actually discovering here is bean, bean category. Yeah. Dried bean, roasted bean category. Yeah. Chocolate, coffee go together. So it's beans. So these are the categories of ice creams. Beans, milk, fruit. <laughs> Do we agree on this? Beans, milk, fruit. Ooh. These are the bases of the ice cream families, the ice cream groups. Beans, milk, Ooh. fruit. <laughs> each each uh, uh, noun accompanied by a, a, a sharp wrap of the umbrella onto the... Uh, glass case of the ice cream <laughs> beans milk fruit the tourists are all nodding uh yeah, there aren't ooh. any other ice cream groups i can't think of anything else that's bean based what other bean based things do we eat beans actual beans well yeah. i mean the in the chinese have red bean desserts which are horrible which as we've discussed before is the close is it, i'd rather have broccoli it's such a con it's so horrible but if the, the west if, if western ice cream culture accepted red bean ice cream it would be it would be there with chocolate and coffee it would be in the same family i think you're right yeah there's a savory tang to it that mm. you can't go mixing i think you're bang on I think you bang on, Philip. Thank you. We've done it. We've categorized the ice creams. <laughs> now, do you have do you have a spicy take? Mine has been especially spicy this week. Yeah. <laughs> the, ch the, cho the chocolate's a problem with mixing ice creams. Yes. Yours has been spicy. Do I have a spicy take? Um I was doing something yes what was I doing yesterday where I got annoyed? As we join together to commemorate the release of Uncle Jerry from his earthly bonds into the arms of the Lord, we enact his requests contained within his last will and testament. Notwithstanding the lengthy legal case some people present in this room fought to stop it and required me to mention, but nevertheless, we will be honoring the wishes of Uncle Jerry to the joy of some, to the consternation of others. The organ now plays as Uncle Jerry's coffin is lifted. There, as you can see, yep, there we are. Careful now. By ropes. In order, in his words, to represent his ascension to the kingdom of God. But oh no, what's this? 
<clears throat> Excuse me, I'm trying to read these lines prepared for me by Uncle Jerry. On these flashcards. Oh no, what's this? Oh God, oh no. Who... Who could have thought? There, and as you see, the lid of the coffin has opened. One of the ropes has, has changed length, so the coffin is sort of um, standing upright, like a sort of Dracula coffin, or if it was leaning against a wall. And there, look, oh no, what's happened? And you see inside the coffin there is... Um, it's not real, for the reassurance of anyone unfamiliar with Uncle Jerry's wishes. Uh, it's a, it's um, I suppose it's a mummy. Not a proper one, a classic, a sort of a classic 1950s horror movie mummy. And if the curate could um, pull this winch here, there we are. You see that it's um, its arms have become outstretched. Ah. <sighs> Here's a take I have. I wish that I could convincingly say to people who talk to me on the phone, you don't need to ask me how I am. Oh. I get no yes. play. I get nothing from answering that question. And I don't think it's rude when I pick up the phone, I go, hello. And they go, hi, I just wanted to know about this, this, and this. Is this okay? And I go, yeah. And they go, okay, thanks. And they hang up. I don't find I, that brusque or rude at all. I, I would love I that. I am in complete agreement and i think about this a lot because i get texts from friends very sweet kind friends who start <laughs> off with how are you now usually i've now started just replying to the text as if they did not ask that yeah that's i think that's I what they want i think they're lying to us i think that's what they yeah, want yeah this is it this is it i'm starting to think people maybe people actually don't want to know how i am because for so long i'd reply oh i'm good i i'd i'd, I'd squeeze out this little summary of my last couple of days, where I was, how I felt. Oh, yeah. I'm hot home with my mother for Mother's Day, and she's nice. And how are you? And then, and then I answer the meat of the question. Mm. But but my worry with that with that is then the next the person is then feels compelled to tell me a little summary of their last two days. And now they and have to do day. it, and they could be mm. sitting there the whole time thinking, "Oh, I wish I didn't have to do this." And we could all just be free. Yeah, we could all be free, Phil. Because yeah, they don't really want to know and you feel mad doing it because that's not why they're getting in touch. Yeah, yeah. Especially if it's a work email and someone's emailing to ask you for something they need. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, surely it sounds like you're up against it as it is. Surely you don't have time for a little update. Yeah. I will accept hope you're well. Yes, hope you're well. Because there's no question there. I like hope you're well. Hope you well. Fine. Ideally, nothing at all. Ideally, I just the dream. Go in. The dream would be nothing because I don't think you can say how are you in a work environment and then also have the knowledge that accurately describing how you might be feeling at work is also not appropriate. Yeah. So what imagine do you, you replied? You, imagine if you worked in like an office situation. And you replied, "Oh, it's a bit much. Feeling quite stressed actually. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, the, the hours are too long. I'm not paid enough." <laughs> my, my my supervisor doesn't appreciate me and this is all going on the thread yeah and you're going yeah i'm okay i i, I you know susan on my desk won't stop uh borrowing my fucking pen so that's pretty annoying <laughs> but uh yeah you can't it, it's like oversharing so i why invite the risk of oversharing into the how are you and then that means that the how are you by definition is insincere it must be replied to with just yeah fine 
In which case, yeah. can we can we dispense with it? It's like it's like having a part of an equation socially that says one equals one. Yeah, you know, we we, we, we know that we can we can cut that out. That's fine. You can't do plus ten minus ten. Just say nothing. Yeah, it's a, it's like an it's like an appendix. It's a little it's unnecessary. Just cut yeah. it out. I'm you aware. Know. I'm aware. This is the most fucking spectrum I've sounded for a while. But it, I, I just uh, I find the question stressful because it requires a little bit of effort from me to sort of go. Yeah, I don't like it. I but may, and I'm starting to think maybe I maybe I need to take your test those tests again. <laughs> My special tests. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the ringmaster of a very um, pedantic circus. Ratata, come through my door. <laughs> yeah, it's a no, yeah, the the because the thing is, it does like the the autism does explain a lot of. I realized recently that I've always drawn. I've I've been the people I've been drawn to are people who are not easily offended, and yeah. I don't mean that in a sort of GB news sense. I mean literally. I think offense is something I've had to learn to imagine. Imagine, yeah, because. When people, I've, I don't think I've been offended in my life once. I don't really understand what it is. I don't really understand what it means. Yeah. And so I, I've always had to kind of second guess what I'm saying because this surprise reaction might occur in someone where they are upset by, yeah, an idea or an image <laughs> or just a sentence. And I find that I've always found that very odd. So I think the people I've been drawn to are people who I've noticed have not reacted in that way to anything I've ever said. Yes, I, I have similar stuff with my social circle as well. Yeah, and and I've been offended, but I also I also have to remember sometimes that like there are still people alive in the world who are like, oh, it's a bit too much swearing for me, and I just sort of go, sweat really sweat the words, the bad words, really. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. gosh, it's it's like mm-hmm. finding out that someone. Uh, doesn't want to take the Lord's name in vain. It's like, yeah, I've heard of that, but I'm just amazed that someone who's like yeah. in their in their 20s or 30s is saying this. Not, you know, or a someone guy. Someone watches their step because they don't want to tread on any fairies. It's like, what? <laughs> what? You're yeah. worried about this. You're worried about that. Really? You think that's a real thing to worry about? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I the irony is that in the in as recently as 20 years ago, even I I think I would have avoided spectrum diagnosis because I had no language delays. That loads of the questions I saw were like, oh, and did it take you ages to start talking? I, I talked early. I would have been speaking quite early for a girl. A guy, mm. Guys take about six months longer to start talking or something than, than girls. Right. I was talking at like an eerily young age, and that would have generally been enough for them to go, yeah, it must be something else then. Right. Um, because they're so obsessed with it as a developmental disorder, but now it's just sort of it's been mushed in with Aspergers, and it's all to do with socialization. So it's just sort of this massive bucket that we all get put in now, which could be good. I guess it makes us more powerful. There's loads. <laughs> there's loads of us, like a big uh. union. <laughs> but yes, that's my spicy take: is that let's get rid of how are you when it's not sincere. Don't ask well, me how are you unless you want me to answer it. I think that's a very good one. And that is now a good opportunity to see if our premium subscri- subscribers subscribe to that way of thinking Ooh. with <clears> some <throat> premium yeah. correspondence. Yes, absolutely. So we've now, got. Podbuds are, on the whole, very good at getting to the point, I found. They're good. They get to the point. They express themselves nimbly. Um. Mm. So we've got a piece of correspondence from Bob. 
Bob, you slob. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> Do a good job. Uh, Bob says, hi, P-squared. Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, can you still hear me, Phil? You've gone very... Yes. Si- oh, yeah. You've, you've, yeah. you've got the silent headphone syndrome again. Um, oh. I'm afraid... There we go. That's all right. Uh, he said, well, Bob says, I'm afraid I must take Phil to task on his main point in episode 203. Okay. Mm-hmm. He says, no. What was the point? He says, no, not the El Salvador mega prison. No, not Shemima Begum's ethical status. <laughs> but the assertion that the line, let's twist again like we did last summer, was from The Twist by the world's most overrated performer, Mr. Chabathy Checker. <laughs> okay, okay. I wasn't sure about this assertion, yeah. so I'm glad. I'm glad to be educated. I will take this opportunity to sit back and listen. <laughs> I'll read. Thank you, Bob, I'll... for educating me. I'll read. I'll read. I promise to read. He says, this set off my internal PAP, passive-aggressive pedantry alarm. Good. <laughs> I've got a couple of PAPs. It sounds like Bob is in the bucket with us. Yeah. <laughs> This lyric does not feature in the song The Twist. Released in 1960, that song failed to make the UK Top 40 despite being bought in droves by our uncouth and poorly tasted neighbours in America. However, after a meeting, which I can only assume went, Chubby, your career is dying on its ass, mate. Oh, we could release The Twist again. We can't do that. It's only been a year. Okay, let's mostly release The Twist again. Okay, done. He released in 1961, Let's Twist Again. In keeping with the Bud Pod theme, the song is, like the first one, also shit. It is also where the lyric uh, the, ext- the esteemed and right honorable Mr. Wang quotes from is from uh, and explains why we're twisting like we did last year. Um, I thought it was oh. like we did last summer. Anyway. How funny. So, so the song was released twice. Once yeah. with the lyrics like, like, last, like last year. <laughs> that is some old school money grubbing shit. That's great. Um, I'm sorry to say that we, the listeners, will settle for nothing less than a heartfelt apology and 14 hours community <laughs> service for this error. I do believe that this is the only error made in over 200 episodes, so please correct yourself in order to maintain your otherwise unblemished record. Yours in the name of Piss Poor 60s Anthems, Koji Bob. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Thank you for educating me. Thank you for educating um, me. Uh, um, here's another. Sorry for, for any offense I've caused to the <laughs> twisting community. <laughs> Here is um, another hot take. I saw the Elvis movie and I, I selectively hated it. Oh, okay. Well, selectively, as in you hated parts of it. Yeah, so What's-His-Face's performance as Elvis is great. Mm. He does a good Elvis voice. Uh-huh. He does a good Elvis face. He does a good Elvis singing. He does a good Elvis dancing. That's all great. Well done, him. Um, it is, however, a Baz Luhrmann film. And it is like when you were 12 and you made a PowerPoint presentation with all of the effects. <laughs> all the, the spinning screen transitions. Just constant swirling visual bollocks. Yeah, that, that and the even, word out going wobbly, wobbly, wobbly. Yeah, and just like uh, the wheels of Elvis's Cadillac becoming a roulette wheel in Las Vegas, becoming oh, the goodness. eyeball of his daughter, becoming a, just like, fuck, stop it, stop it, Baz. <laughs> it's also mad because it means that the entire film never really existed outside of the editing suite. It was just these chunks for this lunatic to jigsaw together with effects. So it doesn't really hold together as a story? there's a bit where they go into like Elvis didn't perform live for like seven years he was making all these bad movies Mm. Um, and then he did a big 1968 comeback 
But they do that without ever really... Yeah, they kind of show him in Hollywood and they do a montage of him being in loads of films, but he looks the same and is still sexy and popular. And the montage about him being all those movies and not performing live for seven years um, lasts like five minutes, that whole chunk of his life. So you've never seen him go down. You've seen that he, mm. he sells a lot of lame merchandise, like, you know, bobblehead stuff. But he's still to the viewer Elvis, and they start going like, we got to do a comeback. Elvis, your career's in the toilet. We got to do it, Elvis. We're going to get you back. But there's no jeopardy, because A, you know he's Elvis, and B, nothing's happened. Right. It's just, right, it's just right. been obscured by constant <clears throat> swirling. And Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks doing a mad Dutch voice for his manager, who narrates the whole <laughs> film. So yeah, I, decided, I decided to get Elvis to sell some sewing machines face his face on. And it's like, it's a fucking mad voice. It's not really a Dutch accent. It's whatever. I don't know how accurate it is, but it is pretty grating to have that narration over the whole film. This sort of silly, oh, Elvis, come on, Elvis. <laughs> well, like now I really want to see it. It is worth watching. And the guy pretending to be Elvis, whatever his name is, he is great. Okay. Great, and great, it, great. But then it also did the Baz Luhrmann thing of just mixing in a load of like R&B and hip hop, like modern songs. Mm. to show you that like oh at the time this would have been as cool as this is now and you go yeah i don't i don't need that yeah yeah how does this pertain to what bob said uh just regarding the pedantry of the 60s oh songs it just reminded me of the era because it was the 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 money grubbing manager had lots of money grubbing ideas along the lines of release grubbing i'd love to grub some money yeah but along the lines of just release the same song you did like yeah yeah, i just thought wow that's a classic 1960s well, we'll just make money by doing this incredibly shallow, <laughs> short-sighted thing. Like, oh, yeah, the old people like so- to people like to fa- like to say that culture now is over monetized or insincere, oh. or it's, it's always been this way. Yeah, it was so easy to make money in the old days as well. You just sold like badges at a carnival, and then you know, you're a millionaire. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. Come, I'm going to try and watch the Elvis movie then. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 incredibly Baz Luhrmann. So if you like that, then great. And if you, I don't think I do. You might lose, you might lose your patience with it. Weirdly, Andy, who is a, oh, I've only just seen this because we did the recordings in order. Sorry, Andy. He says, "Howdy again." I've just sent a new email to the Budpod account titled "Riding Mrs. Hudson." You're in the main part, Andy. You didn't, um, you didn't take it on board when we said we've gone modern correspondence only and doing the backlog. How handy for Andy. Yeah, but Andy, you're in the main pod, so so don't worry about it. Enjoy. Enjoy your newfound fame in the yeah. main pod. Um, so one last little chunkaroo from Annabelle. Annabelle. Um, oh, uh, she's a can of smells. And, oh, you know, Annabelle. She's a, I thought you were going to say she's a cannibal. Annabelle the ca- it doesn't rhyme. Ca- cannibal and Annabelle doesn't rhyme. Annabelle the cannibal. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if I can find her email. Here we are. Um, honk honk honk. She says, "Hi guys, I've just sent some International Women's Day tat for Filter Whisper." And we'd love oh, you yes. to read it out. I also sent an email back in September about my time working at the Tab and the Sun. Oh, the Tab at Cambridge. Well, it was all over the. It was every university had a Tab. Remember? Yeah. 
And the sun, more importantly, Phil, the sun. Did we read that? Did we read the correspondence? No, no, no. Oh, we'll have to do next time. Um, so that's a whole chunkaroo. But the tat, we'll focus on the tat. Annabelle says, Dear Pilly and Willy. That's good. Thank you. I'm a historian and Podbud patron. Excellent pelliteration. <laughs> <laughs> I began listening in September 2022 and caught up with nearly 200 episodes by February. Physicians do not recommend. Whoa, that's a yeah. lot. Not as speedy as previous listeners, but I fear the wrath of physicians. Yes, very good. <laughs> Desperate for more, I signed up to the old Patreon. And although I haven't caught up yet, currently on bonus pod 176, I'm loving the extra content so far. Thank you. Great. Yeah. Note bene, NB. Please don't mention the name of the guy in the screenshot as I don't want to get in trouble. Okay, I won't. I work at a marketing agency former startup. Dodgy working culture, you know the drill. Marketing agency former startup. Yeah. So it so, used to be a startup. Yeah. Okay. So dodgy working culture, you know the drill. Uh, I do know the drill. Yes. Just like uh, extra hours, no extra pay, unfair requests, not enough staff. We've recently bought another company who are based up north, so we've never met them. But there's one character in particular who keeps piping up and making me angry. <laughs> mm. He has been sexist and homophobic, albeit subtly, in various group chats. Uh-huh. Um, see also me asking him for a specific slide on a complex client problem, and him sending me a link to an article headed, Everything You Need to Know About X Marketing Thing I've Been Selling for Two Years. That is passive-aggressive. Right. Wow. Like a, right, like, like a marketing for dummies kind of Yeah, like everything thing. you need to know about emails. Like, okay, great, thank you. Mansplain much, she says, yes. Anyway, now he's upped his game with this tat of all things. It's International Women's Day, and he sent us this. So he sent it to, like, everyone in the company. And the caption he's given it is, It's Women's Day every day in my household. Oh, and no. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. The treasure trove, the gold mine. Okay, let's see if you can whisper this. It's, it says, I am the blank of this blank, and I have my wife's permission to say so. I am the king of this house? Oh, uh, close. Um, you're exactly on the right lines, but it's not about a house. Um, oh, I am, th- I am the head of this family. Close. It's 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 not house. It's still a thing you can be in charge of, but it's not a house. Oh. It exists in the physical world. Oh. As opposed to the, something like family, which is more of an abstract noun. <laughs> yes. Uh, is it, am I right with king? You, you're right in the idea that it's a rank of being in charge, but it's not king. Oh, God. I am the commander of this army. Oh, you're so close. Think of a different... Yeah. <laughs> the come on I'm, I'm the i'm the captain of the ship yes yes what bothers me about this misogitat is that he thinks he's being a feminist by sending it the premise of the joke is that he is meant to be in charge but she is really in charge but he's still presenting as being in charge because in his backwards world men still have to be the boss or to use pierre's yeah. expression whatever the fuck i do say that you do say that. Or whatever the fuck. Yes. So frankly... you notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Self-knowledge here. So frankly, keep it out of the work chat. It's enough that I have to see everyone posting about their babies and dog babies and such. <laughs> Leave it all at home, including your sexism. Okay, rant over. 
Yeah, the, so. I mean, I don't work in an office, but the the unprofessionalism of some office correspondents I've heard about is crackers. I always thought, because my, my, my partner, she works in all these offices and things, and some of her stories would turn your hair blue. <laughs> because I always thought that because I worked in comedy like a cool bad boy, and everyone I knew was like a kind of weirdo who slept all day and drank all night and so on, that I knew all the edgy stuff, right? And all these squares were having a highly regulated by HR time. Yeah. It, t- it turns out they've just been, they're crazier than us. Complete opposite. Because it's harder to fire someone than to just stop booking an insane comedian. Yes, absolutely. They've, especially in a, in a, a labor market shortage. Yeah. So you could just do mental stuff and mad emails and people are like, huh. yep. And then they just go back to their emails. He is a good copywriter though. Yeah. He's the only one who can be bothered to make all the coffee. Hmm. Or just, it's too hard to fire him He's because he's man. He's mental enough to try and sue us or whatever. Mad, yeah. So we have a side request. Annabelle says, now for my side note favor request. I'm moving to Edinburgh in a few months to do my master's, and I'm nervous about, one, making friends, and two, finding a flat that will allow me to stay in August without paying one million English or Scottish pounds, and three, finding the best kebabs, noodles, and things. So if you could recommend student-friendly good eats, I would appreciate it. Praise, and I can't stress this enough, redacted Koji Annabelle. Oh, thanks, Annabelle. Um, you'll make friends, no problem. Yeah, friends are Noo- friends are everywhere in Edinburgh. Noodles, um, noodles and dumplings is the king. Yeah, um, of Edinburgh, noodles and dumplings uh, on mm. Nicholson Street, South Clark Street. What yeah. it becomes, it becomes South Clark Street at some point. I think it's South Clark Street. Noodles and dumplings. noodles and dumplings. For me, for me, is the best. It's tremendous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, yeah. What was then that, what was that but there's hot, so many spots. You'll just walk past them. What was that yeah, hot? What was that hot pot place? Wang's hot pot. Oh yeah, Wang casserole. Yeah, casserole well, Wang, I think. Casserole Wang. That's, that's fun. That's... You get to pick your own little bits to put in a big soupy noodle soup. Yeah, you'll you'll find no shortage of uh, good kebabs and stuff. It's student friendly. I don't know because Palmyra um, for kebabs. The cost. Is, I don't know. I don't know about the cost. The cost could go up. It could go down. Um. Mm. In terms of making friends, and there's like Wings is very good. It has Wings, if it's still alive. There's a burrito place on on, on Thingy Bridge. There's Mosque Blair Kitchen Street. that does very yes. cheap, very um, good, nourishing curries and things. Just go to Mosque Kitchen, you'll be fine. You'll probably get yeah. super, like you'll probably put on like 10 stone just from the cheap food at Mosque Kitchen. It's so good. Yeah. Go there and you'll be fine. There's loads of places. Making friends. There's lots of sort of social clubs and stuff in Edinburgh from my memory of friends who studied there. Mm-hmm. And in terms of being able to find somewhere to live during August, I mean, that's hard enough for comedians. I know that the Scottish government make it very hard to evict people if they don't want to be evicted. So if you Aren't just find... students now at the, in, in, at the advantage? Yes, you have an advantage. Yeah. You, you should have a whole bunch of rights and things. And the Scottish government slash legal system is very on the side of of the little guy in that sense. So if your contract mm-hmm. says it's for a whole year, unless you want to be nice to your landlord and they offer you a cut of the riches, just mm. stay there. But have a great move. It's going to be a yes, good old enjoy. time. It's a great city. Wonderful city. Enjoy. We'll get to your main correspondence through our, our technique that... Uh, like I said on the main pod, so what we're doing now, me and Phil, is we're working through the missing year 
and putting it into a series of bonus correspondences to cover gaps when we're ill or on tour or on holiday slash yes. for special occasions. And from now on, it's modern correspondence. That's why we got to you so quickly, Andy. The time, the age of modern correspondence. Yes. Um, but until next time, um, get tickets for Pierre at the Leicester Square Theatre. Get tickets for me on tour in the UK and Ireland. Okie um, dokie. And have a good week, weekend. Bye. Bye.